welcome, welcome, welcome to episode 53 of the Afro Excursion Podcast. I am your host, Lionel Harris. I am back after my brief hiatus, and I wanted to bring you guys up to speed on my latest excursion. On this particular one, I am taking you guys over to the Balloon Glow and Laser Show at the Altamont Fairgrounds. Now, I haven't done this one recently because, as you can imagine, the Altamont Fairgrounds are currently closed for the season. So, I had episodes on back order or in my queue, as you would say, that I'm now bringing forward to, to get them out into the universe. And this was one of them. So, back in, I'm going to think, I think it was August or maybe September, either or, I had gone over there to the Altamont Fair because they were having this balloon glow and laser show. I wanted to go and check it out because the balloons in question were the big, you know, the big gas filled balloons. Uh, more about that in a minute. But anyway, I wanted to go over there and check it out because I'm kind of a, not even kind of, I am definitely a balloon guy. And on my list of excursion events for this coming season, I intend to go up to Lake George to the big annual balloon festival up there, Hot Air Balloon Fest. Usually they get about 50 to 100 different balloons. So I'm, I'm anxiously looking forward to that. But anyway, getting back to this one, I decided to go because, you know, I had seen that they were going to have hot air balloons there. And the write-up had said they were going to have these hot air balloons. It was going to be about 10 or more. There were going to be all these other activities going on. There were going to be kids' events food trucks, food offerings, you know, beer truck, wine, all that good stuff, craft tent, you know, typical fair activities. So I said, you know what, I'm going to go over here and see about it and see what it's about. I get there, man, there were so many people there. I, I was pleasantly surprised because I myself had never, ever been to the Altamont Fairgrounds. I remember as a kid, Growing up and seeing the advertisements, I think again around in July, August, maybe at the latest September, there was always an you know a, an announcement of some sort about the Altamont Fairgrounds going to have this big fair, but I never had gone. But you know me, gotta do a little homework, a little history about the Altamont Fairgrounds. Roughly about 130 years old. Would you believe that the city of Albany? had the first fair back in 1890, but it was over in Washington Park. Remember Washington Park? I did my episode about the statues and all the good stuff over there. Anyway, Washington Park and it said the Capitol grounds, wherever those were. That was in 1819. And then they had formed this committee or commission to, to try to find a more feasible location because they figured that the event would get bigger and they located the space out in Altamont. 1892 is when they officially grabbed that space out there in Altamont. 1893 was the very first Albany County Fair, Altamont Fairgrounds. 1893 cost you 25 cents to get in. The main attraction at the time was harness racing. You know, that stuff they keep up there, do up there at Saratoga. That was down over there at the Altamont Fairgrounds. Imagine that. And then in 1922 is when Schenectady County joined. So it was the Albany County and Schenectady County 
fair out at the Altamont Fairgrounds out there, 1922. 1942 and 43, they shut everything down due to World War II. So I guess they didn't want people having fun, activities that had everybody doing all this war effort stuff, and they closed the fairgrounds in 42 and 43. 1945 is when Greene County jumped on board. So now you have three counties at the Altamont Fairgrounds. You have Albany County, Schenectady County, and Greene County. 1945 is when they joined. Only New York State Fair that has three counties that consist of the fair. Only fair in New York State that has that. So when you see advertisements for the Scattercoke and the Dutchess County Fair and all those other kind of fairs across New York State, those are for one particular county, and that's the uniqueness of the Altamont Fairgrounds. I did not know that. But anyway, getting back to the event, Again, they said about 10 hot air balloons were going to be there. You know what, man? There were only three. (laughs) I mean, come on, man. And so I said to one of the people working there, I said, hey, you know, there was talk of all these other hot air balloons. What happened? And he goes, ah, you know, there was some logistical things and other people had other activities or whatever. It was conflict on their schedule. And so sadly, we only have these three. And I'm figuring I wasn't going to go up in one anyway, so it didn't really affect me like that. But just from a visual standpoint, I was looking forward to see, you know, at least 10 balloons. I could minimize. I said about 10 minimum and maybe more. But anyway, I got to watching and it was actually very interesting. And of course, again, here I go. I got to give you guys a little bit of a tidbit of homework about this whole hot air balloon stuff. I never really knew how it worked. I used to see it. You know, you see it on TV or whatever. You see the person sitting in that basket, which, by the way, is a wicker basket. And why is it wicker? Wicker is a lighter material. And not only that, when it's time to land, it helps to absorb some of the ground shock of when a balloon lands on the ground. I didn't know that. (laughs) But anyway, the way you start off with a hot air balloon, you lay it out on the ground Think of when you start to blow up an air mattress, you know, how it's laid out and then you turn on that fan and it starts to fill up with air. Same principle when you start out with a hot air balloon. It starts out that way to have this huge industrial size fan that helps to blow it up and get it bigger and starts sitting, you know, sitting upright. And then they make sure all the attachments are in play. The basket, the gas cylinder tanks that help to keep it afloat, all that stuff. They keep it tied down because the minute they fill it up with the air from the fan, it can slowly start to take off. Now, what I didn't know about was how, what the whole premise of those, you know, you see those burners. They always show some guy in the hot air balloon, he's pulling some lever and you see that flame go up. Just from a science standpoint, hot air is lighter than colder air. So the whole premise of how the balloon works is, He turns on that burner, which most of the time it's propane. And there's two different propane tanks that they use. There's a liquid propane and there's gas. We won't go too technical. But anyway, to get the balloon to lift off the ground is they turn on the heat. And then the air inside the balloon gets warmer and lighter. And there we go. It starts to take off. What I didn't know, but it kind of makes sense. 
once the balloon is free to go and it takes off, it cannot come back to the same spot. So what has to happen is they have to get someone in a car or a truck or whatever just to trail, you know, drive and trail the balloon to see where it's going to possibly end up landing. If it's a predetermined site, they can go right there. But sometimes with the wind, it could end up blowing past the predetermined location. I didn't know that, man. Again, I'm learning as we grow along. One of the things I've also learned was they were telling that the two propane tanks, one is, again, liquid, one is gas. And the one that is, I believe it's the gas one, is the liquid one, I'm sorry, is lighter. And it makes, it's not as efficient as the regular gas the gas is way more efficient. The flame is higher, hotter, but the other style, but is also quieter. And what it said was sometimes when the balloons are flying past either a commercial area or even a, a farm of some sort, they don't want to scare the animals. So they turn on the propane that makes the least amount of noise. <laughs> Who knew, man? I, again, I, I just worry about making sure that thing stays afloat. I wasn't even thinking like that. So, when it's in the air, how does it determine what direction it goes in? Again, talking science, higher the air, higher you are in the atmosphere, the different directions of the air currents go. So if someone wants to go left, they might have to raise the balloon a little bit higher by turning on that again. You turn on that propane, lift it up higher. Or if you want to go right, maybe that airstream might be lower. So again, you, you turn down on the dial or you turn it off. And therefore, because it's going to start to fill up with colder air, cooler air, the balloon's going to start to come back down. Now, what they said was sometimes if the balloon is really high and the pilot is concerned about the direction, he can open up what they call a parachute top, which is at the very top of the balloon. He can open that up and that will quickly allow colder air to come in and therefore slow down the balloon and also start to lower it down in the atmosphere as well. <laughs> And again, man, I didn't know this stuff, man. And and so I'm watching the balloon stuff and the guy goes, hey, would you like to get up in one? I said, nah, man, I'm good. He goes, yeah, but they're tethered down. And all that simply meant was you can get in. They'll take you so many feet in the air just so you get the full effect of what it's like. And then they would slowly decrease it and you come back down. But because it's tethered, it won't take off. But I still said, nah, man, I'm, you know, I'm good. Uh, <laughs> I'll stay on, on, on the solid ground. But, you know, again, I, I'll give you a few more tidbits, man, about this whole hot air balloon stuff. 1783 is when, um, no, not even 17, yeah, 1783, September 1783. The whole concept of hot air ballooning was devised by these brothers called the Montgolfier brothers over in France, Montgolfier, you know, like Mont Blanc, those pens and Mont, I, I, man, I'm not going to touch that. Anyway, um, these guys, they started out with a balloon concept and the occupants of the balloon, check this out, was a chicken, a duck and a sheep. And it flew for eight minutes and they wanted to impress Louis the 16th. <laughs> again man who knew this stuff man Louis the 16th I, you ever wonder how come all these Louis guys like where these Louis names come from 
there was a definite history behind that. I'm not going to go too deep, deep. But because I saw Louis the 16th is Louis the 14th, Louis the whatever number, there's 17 Louis in the whole history of France and kings and all this kind of stuff. Again, I'm not going to go too deep, but 17 of them. Not necessarily in chronological, numerical order, not 1 through 17 per se, but 17 total Louis, not Louis, 17 of those guys. There's 10 King Charleses, 6 King Felipe, 4 King Henry, maybe Henry VIII and those kind of guys. But yeah, man, I... Anyway, just a little side bit. I didn't know that, man. So they try to impress that guy. So now in November of that same year, November of 1783, these two other guys, um, what's his name? One guy is Marquise Francois D'Alandres. They got these cool French names. And then the other, he was an army major. And the other guy was Palatre de Rogier. He was a physicist. So these guys went up. They were the first two occupants, human occupants, in a hot air balloon. And that was in November of 1783. So the whole hot air ballooning thing was starting to pick up. And then in 18, 1800, it says, the popularity of hot air ballooning started to wane. And they started coming around with them helium and them hydrogen balloons. Think of, you know, now you can say of the Goodyear blimp and the Hindenburg and those kind of things. And you ever see those old like World War One and World War Two clips, and they show those big blimps flying around. <laughs> those guys, they were helium and hydrogen, and they became popular because, number one, they can stay in the air longer, and number two, you can steer those guys. So with those, you can take off and come back in the same location. Now, remember, again, with a hot air balloon, you couldn't do that. You couldn't steer that thing. And then another reason why they said that it became more and more popular, the hot, the, the um, what do you call it, so the gas balloons, is because, remember that name I mentioned, that De Rogier guy? He got killed in a ballooning accident. Um, hot air balloon, he was on one of his hot air balloons, and he was trying to fly over the English Channel, and um, he did something wrong with his, his um, propane tank, and it ended up catching on fire, and, and the whole balloon caught fire, and he drowned in the, in the English Channel. Like, why do people even mess with that English Channel? Anyway, you ever hear about that? People want to swim it. People want to, you know, like in this guy, he wanted to fly across it. I, I didn't understand, but of course, I had to look it up. The English Channel, in itself, is between France and England. I'm sure you guys already knew that. I'm not telling you anything new. I did not know that. I knew of the English Channel, but I didn't know exactly geographically where it went from where to where. Anyway, if, if you're going to swim it, which a lot of people try to do, is 21 miles. They said that it's short its route. I guess there's some route. It's, it's 21 miles. Still 21 miles, man. Listen, you heard my episode about me and the swim lessons. Imagine me trying to swim the English Channel. Ain't happening. Between 600 plus, give or take, tankers are on that strip of water. 200 ferries on that strip of water, and that's daily. And if you want to swim it, you got to book it two years in advance, and they say about 300 people attempt that swim a year. 300. With the most popular month of swimming it is in August. Who knew, man? I didn't know. But, but anyway, you know how much I like to share that information with you guys, but I thought I'd share that. 
getting back to this festival, Balloon and Laser Show. It was very interesting. It didn't have everything that it advertised. I didn't think it was a bait-and-switch tactic. I just think that at the last minute, some of the stuff fell through. I got to watch the balloons go up and down, even though they were tethered. I saw a few brave souls do it. I got to do some people watching, which is always fun to do. There were so many people there, and it was a nice, diverse crowd. I was pleasantly surprised. And um, they had food there. They had some food trucks. They had a kid zone. They had a bouncy bounce. And, you know, remember, bouncy bounce, those things run on hot air. They, they have that fan blowing up in there to keep that thing up. Look at that. They had that. They had a craft tent. They had some other things going on. End of the day, very different. Unfortunately, I didn't stay for the laser show portion of the whole day. That was going to be later on that night. And I had gotten there, mm, I don't know, maybe 5 o'clock-ish. And um, it wasn't going to get dark till about 8.30, close to 9. And I, after a while, I could only do so much of hanging out there. And I figured I have to catch that another time. Would I do it again? I would definitely go again. I really would. I really enjoyed the activity of it. And just, again, the whole people watch and all other good stuff I mentioned. When is when? Is this a big deal? You know the concept of my show now. It's not a big deal. I do these things because it's different. I do these things because I want to try something new. Remember the concept of the show is if I go by somewhere and I see something that makes me go, hmm, I wonder what that's about. I go and I check it out. Remember, you can reach out to me, 518-407-5110. That's my contact line. I'm always looking forward to hearing from you, my listeners, and I always appreciate your feedback. When is when? When are you going to do something new? Are you going to do something different? It's 2024. You can no longer continue to give yourself that excuse of one of these days I'm going to get around to it. We all know that life is short. Get out, embrace it, enjoy it. Continue to listen, continue to share. And until next time, thank you. <laughs>